Welcome in to another episode of the Semi-Pro Fantasy Show. Today is a really fun episode as we're going to be doing our first mock draft of the fantasy football season. We're going to be going head-to-head, mono-a-mono, me versus Will in our first mock draft, and I'm really excited. Before we get into the show, though, I don't know if I've told you, Will, have I told you that I just did a cross-country road trip? Yep. So we went all the way from Los Angeles to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It took eight days, and it was 3,100 miles, and I'm so happy we're done, but I just want to say, our country is very beautiful. We were able to see the Rocky Mountain National Park, some lakes in the middle of the country. All over, I really enjoyed myself. But my favorite part was actually not about the trip. In fact, my favorite part was about football. I got a notification a few days ago that Jamal Adams was traded from Will's favorite team, the New York Jets, to the Seattle Seahawks. It was a huge trade. Will, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean... I'm kind of bummed out because we lost our best player, but if we had to trade him, that was probably the best we could have done. We got two first-round picks and a third for Jamal and a fourth. So, yeah, I'm sad, and I'm going to be sad for a while, but in the long run, it shouldn't be the end of the world, I guess. Joe Douglas is a pretty good drafter, so there's room for optimism, but this year is going to be pretty rough. And there you go, a typical Jets fan playing down rebuild. So, <laughs> let's get into the news um, there's a lot of news to cover this week as the NFL season is all but certain because the NFLPA and the owners came to an agreement on a s- contract. And obviously there's going to be question marks with COVID. Um, we already have some notable players who opted out. Marquise Goodwin of the Eagles, Devin Funches of the Packers, and basically the whole Patriots team apart from Cam Newton. <laughs> so do, <laughs> are there any, um, fantasy implications with Goodwin and Funches opting out that you see? Uh, they're not like huge players. I think with Funches opting out, it means Alan Lazard is the clear number two in Green Bay, barring a trade, which means he could be draftable. And because Goodwin opted out, it's not like you were drafting Goodwin anyway, but maybe it means that someone like Jalen Rager gets more playing time early on. But uh, for those two, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think the Patriots opt-outs are actually a bigger deal for fantasy, even though they're not on offense. Because you're going to be more willing well, Marcus to Marcus Cannon players. did opt out. Marcus Cannon, That's true. the offensive lineman, did opt out, which is huge because he's one of their best offensive linemen. Yes, but also with the Patriots' defense, I think last year you didn't want to start anyone against them. This year, with all these opt-outs, and they've also lost some guys to other teams in free agency, I think you're going to be more willing to start guys against the Patriots, so it could just be a boon for everyone else. It could be just more offense this year. Yeah. Okay, then we had the whole Dalvin Cook saga. He said he was going to report. He said he wasn't going to report. Then he told his running back coach that he was going to report, who told Coach Mike Zimmer. It was a whole uh, meltdown for Dalvin Cook. But eventually he did report to camp, got tested for coronavirus, and it looks like he will play the season for the Minnesota Vikings. I'm very excited from a fantasy standpoint. Dalvin Cook is an obvious first-round draft pick as he is a workhorse back and a good offense. And I think this is good for fantasy and the Vikings. Yeah, agreed. The only thing holding back Dalvin Cook's draft stock in recent months was the holdout potential, and if that's over, he should be a top-five pick. My one concern with a guy like Dalvin Cook is that the Vikings, I don't think, are going to be as good this year, and maybe they end up passing more than we think they will. But Gary Kubiak loves to run the ball. Dalvin Cook's a great runner. He's it, It's a recipe for success. I think you should have no qualms with drafting a guy like that in the first round. Yeah, and then another running back that uh, had some qualms about his contract earlier in the year, or earlier a few weeks ago, Raheem Mostert, he requested a trade. Neither of us thought he would actually be traded, but he's gotten his deal reworked. It didn't add any years, but it got him the money that he wanted. Yeah, it's basically last year on repeat for Raheem Mostert, although he'll probably... I mean, it's like it's the second half of last year on repeat, where he should be the lead back but he's not going to get the featured role. But that like that offense is so valuable that when he plays and when he has the lead role, he's going to be a tremendous value. Hopefully Kyle Shanahan doesn't do the whole saga where he starts a different guy every single week. But if Mostert's being drafted in like the fifth, sixth round, that's a good spot for him. Yeah. And then the last contract that got done, uh, Joey Bosa got extended five years. There's a $102 million guarantee. We don't really focus on the defense because 
you don't play individual players in fantasy on the defense, but it's a great deal for the Chargers and for Bosa, and he looks to continue his future with the team. Before we get into the mock draft, Will, um, the NFL released, I think, 30 through 100 of their top 100 players, maybe 20 through 100. Um, are there any things that stuck out, stood out to you? I mean, the obvious one is they left out Carson Wentz. I think that was just incredibly gross and just wrong. I'm pretty sure it's the players that vote on it, which is even more shocking because they're the ones that are seeing what this guy is doing week in, week out, how he carried this team to the playoffs. I, there must be something that we don't know about Carson Wentz or something that all these players have against him because as a player, there is absolutely no way that he's not that he was not a top 100 player last year. Yeah, my big thing was with the wide receivers. Um, the first thing I wanted to point out was Allen Robinson was barely on the list at 93 behind and DK Metcalf, who is good, but he's a rookie with a very good quarterback. And Allen Robinson has had over a thousand yard seasons with Blake Bortles and Mitchell Trubisky. And I think he's a very talented receiver. And then you have a guy like Keenan Allen, who's being ranked in the seventies behind Amari Cooper and other guys who just haven't had the achievements that Allen has and don't, I can be biased as a Chargers fan, but I think Allen's a very good receiver, and he's better than some of the guys ranked above him. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, let's get into the main part of this episode, the mock draft. So we're going to be doing a 12-team half PPR. That's half point per reception. We're going to be drafting one quarterback, two running backs, wide receiver, a tight end, and a flex, and six bench spots. And we randomized before um, we started this episode. Will is drafting from the two spot, and I am drafting from the seventh spot. Let's get right into the draft, Will. Sorry, is it two wide receivers or three wide receivers? Uh, two wide receivers and one flex. My bad. Pretty sure it's three. Okay, three wide receivers. Yeah. Okay. You're go. all right. Well, you're up with the second pick in the draft. Christian McCaffrey is off the board at one. Yeah, this one for me, it's between Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott. But, ugh, I, I go back and forth every single time I do this. But I think the guy I would go with is Saquon Barkley just because he's just I think he's a better player than Ezekiel Elliott and Elliott has shown signs in recent years that he doesn't have the same burst and explosiveness that he once did and I think the Cowboys offense is going to be very pass heavy this year which does not work in Elliott's favor. Yeah so Will took Barkley at two at three Elliott went Thomas Hopkins and Henry following. So I'm so I'm looking at Alvin Kamara as one of the top picks here. I also think that I'm gonna go with a running back. Um, maybe if Michael Thomas was available, that would be a different story. But yeah, I think I'm gonna take Kamara. He's my next favorite running back after um, Elliot. He's ahead of Henry for me, and Henry went ahead of him in this draft. But I'm gonna take Kamara here at seven. Yeah, that's a great pick. I have Kamara as my number four overall player, so getting him at seven is a great value. Yeah, and then we have a little run of running backs. We have Dalvin Cook go at eight, Mixon at nine, and then we have another wide receiver, Odell Beckham, in the first round at 10, wow. Kenyon Drake at 11, Devontae Adams at 12, Tyreek Hill at 13, or first pick of the second round, Sanders, second pick of the second round, DJ Moore at the 203, wow. Chubb at the 204, and Julio Jones at the 205. So it's back to me again. I have Kamara. I also think I think I'm gonna go running back again. I would look at some of the wide receivers. I like Chris Godwin. I like Kenny Galladay a lot. Um, I like Robert Woods a lot too, but he I can get him later in the draft, I believe. So I think that I will take another running back. Um, there's Jacobs on the board. Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, and Todd Gurley are the top few running backs. But Jacob is my highest player currently. So I'm going to take Jacobs here. I really like how his um, high rushing floor, his high carry volume complements uh, Alvin Kamara's receiving floor. So I like those two as my starting uh, running backs. Yeah, it's a great pick. Again, tremendous value. I'm shocked that A, Odo Beckham Jr. went that early, and B, that DJ Moore went that early. I love DJ Moore, but drafting him before Julio Jones and before Chris Godwin, it's a little iffy like I DJ Moore is someone that I love drafting in the third or fourth round but that's just that's crazy to me yeah so after I took Jacobs Chris Godwin went our first tight end off the board Travis Kelsey Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler and we're back to Will who has Saquon Barkley on his team already yeah so I have Saquon or yeah Saquon Barkley so I have a clear RB1 
Now, for me, it's if I'm taking another running back, it's going to be either Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or Todd Gurley. And if I want to go receiver, it's going to be Kenny Galladay or Allen Robinson. This is tough, but the value of running backs is so tremendous that I think I can get a lot of receivers later on that I think I'm going to go with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire here. The volume is a concern early on uh, because Damian Williams is still there. But if Hilaire gets even like 12 touches a game, he's going to pay off his value. And he's on the best offense in the league, and that's a guy who I want to target. Yeah, I mean, I have a, a little t- uh, hesitation with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because he, I don't think he's going to get the workload, but I do think he was the best available pick right there. So... I'm okay with you taking him right there. But you have another pick, and Allen Robinson and George Kittle are off the board at the 212 and 301. Yeah, so the running backs, Todd Gurley's still there if you want to get a third one. But I think the wide receiver value with Kenny Galladay being the third round is too good to pass up. So I think I'm going to lock in my first wide receiver and feel pretty good about it. Yeah, Kenny Galladay is definitely a good player. He's very high on my draft board as well. I have him as a top 10 receiver, and I can't believe that he got all the way back to you there. So after Kenny Galladay went, we had the first court, first quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, go at 303, Amari Cooper at 304, Fournette, and then another quarterback in Lamar Jackson. A lot of quarterbacks going off the board. We've talked about quarterbacks early in, the, uh, in earlier episodes, and we don't really like drafting quarterbacks that high. But you definitely can if you want to. And it's back to me. I have Kamara and Jacobs on my team already. Um, there's obviously the three running back um, method that you can go here. And the best running back available is Todd Gurley. I know you and I both love Todd Gurley this year in the volume in Atlanta. Um, but I might look to wide receiver. Mike Evans is still available. Um, Robert Woods is available, one of my favorite players. And um, Cooper Cup as well. But oh, this is a really tough one. I really like the three running back method, and you said we were pl- we were doing a three-wide receiver draft, though? Yes. Okay, so I think I'm going to go Todd Gurley. I like the three, I like the like having three strong running backs um, to start your draft, and then I like some of the wide receiver depth later, so I think I can build my wide receivers later on and take Gurley right now. Yeah, I think it's a solid pick. I think if I was drafting at that spot, I might have gone with Evans or with Juju Smith-Schuster. But I have no qualms with taking uh, Todd Gurley there. Oh, wow. A huge run of wide receivers went. Both the guys that I was planning on drafting were taken. So I did not prepare for that to happen. And now I'm left in a tough spot because Evans, Ridley, Thielen, A.J. Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, DJ Chark, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup all went before my pick. And I still don't have a wide receiver one. So that's a tough position I'm in. Um, yeah, wow. We're looking at some of the best receivers as Tyler Lockett, Cortland Sutton, Terry McLaurin, uh, Keenan Allen, guys who I just don't want as my wide receiver one. Um, DK Metcalf is available. This is tough because I was expecting one of the Rams guys or Calvin Ridley to come back to me, who I really like. So I'm really I'm in a tough spot here. I think yes. that I'm going to take Tyler Lockett because... Well, I do have DK Metcalf ranked above Tyler Lockett and Terry McLaurin, I do need some consistency of the position, and that's what Lockett affords me. So I'm going to take Tyler Lockett here as my wide receiver one. Yeah, his connection with Wilson is fantastic. He always seems to be open down the field, and he gets like five catches for 80 yards on a touchdown every single game, and that's just a great thing you can rely on. So he's safe. He lacks the upside, but I think the upside of your running backs means you can afford to have safety at wide receiver and less upside. Yeah, I'm very mad that neither Woods or Cup got back to me. That was very surprising as there were teams that, there were two teams that already had two receivers and took another one. So that was very annoying, but the draft goes that way sometimes. We're back to Will after David Johnson, Devontae Parker, James Conner, and Mark Andrews have been drafted. Will, you're on the board. Yeah, so... There's a huge run of wide receivers, so I'm glad I got Galladay before. And thankfully, because of that run, now there's a lot of running backs that I like. Uh, the the two guys I'm looking at are Jonathan Taylor and then, I guess, David Montgomery afterwards. I have two of the next four picks, so I'm hoping I can get Taylor and Montgomery. But 
out of the two, I prefer Taylor. He's going to be a fantastic player. And having him as my running back three and then potentially getting Montgomery two means I don't have to play in week one. And if that's the case, I feel great about it. And then later in the season, when Taylor gets that lead feature role I think he's going to get, my team should be pretty loaded. So I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor here. The other the other guys I was considering at wide receiver, if I was going to go there, would be Terry McLaurin and DK Metcalf. But I don't like the value of that at this spot. So I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. Well, I'm just going to pause the draft real quick because we have some huge breaking news. Damian Williams, running back of the Kansas City Chiefs, has opted out of the 2020 season. Wow. So, Will just took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire <laughs> in the second round, and we were talking about how Damian Williams might affect Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's... Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's... That's a t- tough name to swallow. Yeah. Uh, his value in the first few weeks. Do you think this made Clyde, makes Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a uh, running back one lock? Yeah, I think it does. If he's getting that feature role in Kansas City, watch out. They still have Sean so, McCoy, but oh my goodness... So Will has just walked in to some great value during our mock draft. Yeah, and unfortunately, that will just probably, a mock. <laughs> that will probably give him a huge edge on me um, towards the end, or as we see our teams uh, edge out towards the end. But Will, you have another pick. You're on the board after T.Y. Hilton and Mark Ingram went. Yeah, so Montgomery is still there, which is great. The only other player I would consider at this spot is Raheem Mostert. Because I have three running backs, which means that if I were to draft another running back here, it wouldn't necessarily be a starter, which is a little scary. You don't want to spend a fifth-round pick on a guy you don't want to start. But I'm not sure I see the value at receiver. Maybe I go Terry McLaurin. The problem is, is after this pick, there's going to be a ton of spots before my next pick, which is the problem with drafting at the turn. So while I like Montgomery more than some of the receivers... I think I have to go receiver here just because there's a chance that at my next pick I could be end up with, I don't know, Christian Kirk, which I don't want to have. So I think I have to lock in my second receiver, and that's going to be Terry McLaurin based on my draft board. Damn. I wanted McLaurin to be my second receiver, and you stole him from me. But let's see who <laughs> comes back to me. We had Allen and then Zach Ertz, so our fourth tight end go off the board, DK Metcalf and Melvin Gordon, and then it's back to me. Okay, I'm very glad that Metcalf went because I don't like to take wide receivers on the same team. So that gets him out the door and leaves me with another option. Um, I like uh, Marquise Brown here, but I think it might be a little too early to take Marquise Brown. I think that Cortland Sutton is a great option, and he is the top-ranked receiver at this spot. But I, the last few weeks of the season last year really scared me off with Locke's connection with Sutton. I know it could be anomalous, but I'm really scared. And before I take my pick, I just want to point out that my two starting running backs and my first wide receiver, Tyler Lockett, all have the same bye week. Um, usually I don't look at bye weeks when I'm drafting, but that could be an issue if this were a real draft. So that is something to definitely look out for down the road. I think I'm going to take Michael Gallup with this pick. I know Gallup has gotten a lot of criticism, not because he's a bad receiver, but because they brought in CeeDee Lamb and it's kind of murky where the targets are going to go. But expect them to to throw the ball a lot of times. And I expect Michael Gallup to have a lot of targets. We've talked about it before. He was on a higher target pace or target per game pace than Amari Cooper. So I really like Michael Gallup here as my wide receiver too. Yeah, I've been fading Amari Cooper in favor of Gallup recently. I still have Cooper higher. But we we often forget that Randall Cobb had way too many targets last year. And... CeeDee Lamb, as good as I think he's going to be, is a rookie, and it would be generous to give him all of Randall Cobb's targets. So I don't think the addition of Lamb really infringes on Gallup's targets that much, and over the course of last year, he became a much better player, a much better route runner, way better at the top of his routes at making those sharp cuts. So the upside for a guy like Gallup, it seems limited because of the guys around him, but based on his talent and what we saw last year, I think it's actually higher than most people project. So I think it's a great pick. 
Yeah, I'm very happy with that. I thought there would be a few more receivers to go before my pick, but I was able to get Gallup. So while I didn't get a great wide receiver one in terms of value, I think I got a pretty good wide receiver two. And then we move along. DeAndre Swift went after me, Cortland Sutton, and then Josh Allen went in the fifth round. That's crazy to me as I think he is very good and I have him ranked that high, but he's been going in the eighth round and I like him as a sleeper quarterback. Then we had Juice Landry, David Montgomery, the guy you were talking about, Tyler Higby in the sixth round ahead of all these other tight ends, Dak Prescott in the sixth round, Devin Singletary, Darren Waller in the sixth round, and then Russell Wilson, and then it's back to me. So again, I have three, just to round out my team to uh, keep you guys updated, I have Kamara, Jacobs, and Gurley, and then my two wide receivers are Tyler Lockett and Michael Gallup. So I might be looking for another wide receiver here because I really like my running back depth as it is. There are some guys that I really do like a wide receiver that are available. AJ Green is very interesting as his ceiling is very high, but he can't seem to play out a full season for the past three or four years. I really like Marquise Brown, and I think I'm going to take him because I see a very high upside with Marquise Brown. He gets he gets touches. He gets high value touches. He's able to take the defense off the top with his speed. And yeah, I think I'm going to take Marquise Brown to be my third receiver here. So I'm liking how this is going, even though it didn't start great with my wide receivers. Yeah, I think it's a solid pick. I think I would consider picking AJ Green. It's a little scary because of the injuries, but I think the upside is there, and the risk is kind of baked into his, his low ADP. So he's a guy I would consider, but I have no problems with the upside of Marquise Brown and... Lamar Jackson's getting better, and that offense is something that everyone should want a part of. Yeah, I definitely thought about Green, and I think if Brown weren't there, I definitely would have taken him. He was my next guy, but I really like Brown's upside. After yeah. Brown went, we had Tyler Boyd go, another quarterback, Kyler Murray. We know, we both really like Murray, and that's pretty late. Like I would be fine taking Murray that late. I just need to lock up my third receiver, Stephon Diggs, and then A.J. Green, and it's back to you. Yeah, so what I was mentioning before my last pick was that there was a chance that all the receivers could go before my next pick, and that's kind of what happened. I'm left with, like, Julian Edelman, Marvin Jones, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller. So not the best option, so I'm really glad I drafted McLaurin. As of now, I have three running backs that I love in Barkley, Edwards-Hilaire, and Jonathan Taylor. I have a wide receiver one in Galladay, a solid number two in McLaurin. And so here, I kind of have the flexibility to go running back or receiver. And the so Raheem Mostert's there, but the recent news I don't think he'll last this long in most drafts. So I don't necessarily think this is realistic to get him here. So I might not pick him because of that. After Mostert, the guys I'm looking at would be Kareem Hunt, who I love the upside of, and then at receiver it would be Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, or Marvin Jones. I think I'm gonna go with Kareem Hunt. No. I'm sorry, just because he's dra- he's 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 playable when uh, Nick Chubb is playing because he has a role in the passing game. And if Nick Chubb were to go down, he becomes a bona fide RB one. So I like the upside of that. I can start him in a pinch, especially if Taylor isn't good early. Hunt's a solid flex, and he's a guy that I love. I know you like him too, but that's what I'm going with. Yeah, that's a great pick. I don't think there was any way to make it back to me, especially because you had two picks before mine. Um, but yeah, Kareem Hunt has a lot of value. Uh, that backfield is going to have a lot of value. Kareem Hunt's actually scaring me off of Chubb. That's why I, t- I chose Jacobs. I guess Chubb had already gone, but I would cho- choose Jacobs over Chubb anyways just because if you see the last few games of the season once Kareem Hunt comes off of suspension, Nick Chubb dropped from 22 t- carries a game all the way down to 16 and a half. So... We see with Cream Hunt there, they want to give the ball to both guys, and that scares me off as Chubb not being as much of a workhorse back as some of those guys um, in his range. Yeah, we also saw Hunt got a lot of the red zone work, which is scary for Chubb. But also comparing him to Jacobs, the thing about Jacobs is I wanted him to get the feature role, and a lot of people think he like, think he should have. But they signed Jalen Richard, their pass catching back, to an extension, and then drafted a running back receiver hybrid, Lynn Bowden which suggests to me that they don't trust him in the passing game. But even still, he's a great pick because he's going to get a million rushing yards. Yeah. Okay, so after Hunt, Deshaun Watson, another quarterback, and Julian Edelman, and it's back to you, Will. 
Yeah, so I could go quarterback here if I wanted to, but I really think I need to lock in my third receiver. And for me, it's between Marvin Jones, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, and I think it's a drop-off to the next guys like Christian Kirk, Deontay Johnson, Jamison Crowder, Darius Slayton. So between those three guys, who do I have the highest? I need to check. I think I have Fuller the highest out of the three. And I think it's You have Fuller above Cooks, sorry? You have Fuller above Cooks? Yeah. That's and interesting I, to me as we've seen Cooks go from team to team and still produce huge numbers and Fuller can't stay healthy. But it, maybe Fuller's the incumbent there, so maybe Watson looks to him before he looks to Cooks. Yeah, so I love Fuller. Even if Cooks has a solid role in the offense, I'm drafting Fuller in the, what is it, seventh round and at this point i don't really care about a player's floor like if he doesn't pan out i can i can cut him at some point it's not a high value pick and the weekly upside of a guy like will fuller is incredible and while he is probably gonna get injured again if i get eight solid weeks out of fuller i'm happy with that pick so he's someone that he like at the end of the season he may not finish as like a wide receiver one two or three but on a per game basis he should be up there with the best of them yeah and the other thing is you're afforded to take a guy like fuller because you have good running back depth you have four guys who could all be good and then you have Galladay and mclaurin who i think are great prospects so you're free to take a guy who has huge upside but might not make a full 16 game season yeah exactly because at this point i have my running backs locked in now we're going to draft a ton of receivers and then if some of them don't pan out hopefully i hit on a couple of them and if not i turn to the waivers yeah okay so we have debo samuel who went uh who's dealing with an injury that's a seventh round is a little high but again with fuller debo samuel has a high point uh points per game basis so that could help him drew Brees, brandon cooks marvin jones and now it's back to me so far i have a basis of three good running backs and three Decent receivers, a little volatile, but they could have huge upside. Huge upside. So here's a place where I start looking maybe to quarterback or tight end because I have the base of my team filled yeah. out. There's Carson Wentz available, Matt Stafford, who I both I really like both of those guys. And mm-hmm. there's Tom Brady, who I'm I, I'm okay with him too because he's in a very good offense. And I do I'm not on the turn, but I do have a quick turnaround to my next pick. So I think I'm gonna wait on a quarterback because I like a lot of the guys available. And I think I'm going to go with um, Ronald Jones because we talked about Raheem Mostert. We're pretty sure that he won't be available, so I'm going to be a little bit more realistic with this. Sorry, Ronald Jones would be my pick if I went running back. I also really like Deontay Johnson, a wide receiver, but I think that running back depth is very important, and I think Ronald Jones has the job or is at least going to get the first crack of the job in Tampa Bay. And Brady likes to throw the ball to his running back, so I'm going to take Jones here. Yeah, it's a great pick. If Jones gets that job, he should have a tremendous season. I think Keyshawn Vaughn, the hype is getting a little bit out of hand. Jones I, is going to get the first crack, like you said. And I think he's a better player than people give him credit for. He struggled in a pass-heavy offense with Jameis Winston as the quarterback. I think the whole everyone gets better when a guy like Tom Brady gets there. So giving a guy like Jones a shot at this point in the draft seems like a pretty good move. Yeah, and then after that was um, Raheem Mostert, Matt Ryan, Cam Akers for the Rams, Mike Williams, Tom Brady, Matt Breda, ahead of Jordan Howard. That's interesting to me. Darius Geis, John Brown, Tariq Cohen, and Damian Williams, who just opted out. So obviously he wouldn't be drafted, and but he is right now. Um, and then it's back to me, and I have four running backs and three receivers. So again, my quarterbacks made it back to me. Uh, Wentz and Stafford are still available. Um, but I really like Darius Slayton and Deontay Johnson. This is really tough because I think one of them can make it back to me, but I also know that there's a lot of depth at quarterback and there's guys who I can pick and play based off schedule. And I really like Darius Slayton and Deontay Johnson. I think Darius Slayton's going to be the one in that offense. He's kind of a sleeper guy for me. I think I'm going to take him just because I don't want to play the ADP game and uh, take the risk that he doesn't come back to me. So I'm going to take Slayton here. Yeah, it's a great pick. He's awesome. If I didn't have my three receivers locked in, I would love taking with my next pick. And even still, I might like taking my next pick. Uh, so I have no problems with that at all. Yeah, so we have Michelle, Marlon Mack, the 49ers defense in the eighth round. 
Deontay Johnson and Will's on the clock again. Yeah, so I have my four running backs that I like now, so I don't really need another running back until maybe like the last pick. I have my three receivers. I could go another receiver here if I wanted to. I don't really want to go running back either. So now could be the time for a quarterback. I have two I basically have two picks in the next four. And if I don't take a quarterback here, I could risk not getting one of Stafford, Wentz, and I guess Aaron Rodgers, I'm not really sure. Um I really want Stafford or Wentz though. And I think if I don't get a quarterback now, I don't know if those guys are still gonna be there. I have Wentz slightly higher than Stafford. So that's what I'm gonna go with. If on a if you personally or like if someone likes Stafford better, no problems with that pick. I personally like Wentz, so that's what I'm gonna go with here. Darn, I really like Wentz too. That would have been my pick as well. I took the buy. I bit on Darius Slayton because I love him and I'm happy with that. But I was hoping Wentz would make it back. And then we have another defense. The Steelers go in the eighth round. I, please don't pick defenses <laughs> as high as the eighth round when you're drafting. Um, and then yeah. James White going nine oh one. Um, you're back on the clock again, Will. So now I have my quarterback. I could get a tight end here. Personally, I don't like drafting a tight end anywhere before my last couple picks just because I stream throughout the season, and I love drafting guys like, uh, where are they? Noah Fant, Mike Gesicki, TJ Hawkinson, Jonu Smith, all these late-round guys. So there's no need for me to invest in any draft capital. So basically now I have I have running back depth, I have some receiver depth. I can kind of just pick best player available, which is the best scenario. And for me at this point, I believe that would be J.K. Dobbins, who is not going to be a starter week one. I'm not drafting him to be a starter week one. I'm not even drafting him to be a starter at all because if he... If it turns out he's not as good as we think he is, I can just drop him. So there's a lot of upside with a guy like Dobbins in the Ravens offense. Obviously, like ex- expectations have to be tempered, but he's a, one of my favorite guys to take a shot on. And yeah, that's all I have to say about him. That's a good pick. I like Dobbins too. I've been rising on him a little bit, a little bit lately. I do have a lot of love for Ingram, but there's definitely value for Dobbins. And now it's going to be back to me. The Ravens defense, Jordan Howard, Philip Lindsay, Jamison Crowder. And yes, Matthew Stafford has made it back to me. That's what <laughs> we'd like to see. Well, I played the ADP game. It was a little risky. Um, Matthew Stafford is one of my favorite quarterbacks. And he was on track for, what was it, some gaudy numbers last year, obviously. I don't expect him. What was it, Will? Like 4,900 yards and 38 touchdowns or something like that? Yeah, he was on MVP level pace, despite the team going 3-4-1. and one. You can't really expect that again, but he the notion that Matthew Stafford is like washed up is ridiculous. He's 32 years old. He's basically still in his prime. He he's still has all his physical tools and he has two massive receivers in Galladay and Marvin Jones who should be touchdown monsters. So he's a guy that I love this year. Yeah, and there are still a few valuable guys at the running back wide receiver positions. Sometimes I'll take another chance on the eight and play the ADP game and then take a Ben Roethlisberger or a Daniel Jones, someone who I am okay with their schedule and like their upside. But I really think that Matthew Stafford is the lock for this pick. So I'm going to take him. Yeah. Great pick. Okay. And then, um, it comes back around to me, Judy lamb, Sanders, Keyshawn Vaughn, um, Jamison Crowder, Matt. Oh, sorry. Jamison Crowder, Buffalo Bills defense, another defense, wow. Carryon Johnson, Evan Ingram, uh, Latavius Murray, Christian Kirk, and Deshaun Jackson. So I just want to touch on Ingram real quick. I would advise drafting him, but somewhere as late as the 10th round, I'm okay because even if he plays two games, he's going to be good in those two games. He's so injury prone. But again, we were talking about waiver tight ends, and this is where you're picking your waiver tight ends. So I'm okay with Evan Ingram in the 10th round. Are you, Will? Yeah, I would draft him here personally at least in my leagues, I don't think he gets this far. But if he does, a great spot for him. He just... If you're drafting him as, like, a matchup-proof, locked-in tight end one, you can't really expect that. But when you're drafting this late, you don't really need to expect that. 
So I've looked at all the week one matchups, but if he has a good week one matchup, he's someone that I have no problems drafting. It's tough. Pretty sure it's tough though. He plays yeah. the Steelers, but again, when you're drafting a guy this late, you're not looking to play him every week. You can take two guys. I mean, there's still some great tight ends that you and I both love that are sleepers. You can take two of them if you want and plug and play them when they have a good matchup. Um, so it's back to me again. I can obviously take one of these tight ends. I don't have a tight end on my team yet. There's guys like Hunter Henry available, Jared Cook, Hayden Hurst, uh, Gronk, Gronk back on the Buccaneers. Guys, I, <laughs> I like all of those guys. I think Gronk is going to be a little touchdown dependent. Um, based off our rankings, I seem to be higher on you than Jared Cook. I think Cook has a lot of upside even when he doesn't catch a touchdown. Um, it's just pretty easy to see where the targets are going to be consolidated in this Saints offense. Maybe Sanders takes a few away from Cook. But Cook is my favorite guy out of these um, tight ends. Hunter Henry is good. He gets hurt a lot. I don't really trust Tyrod Taylor, and I trust Drew Brees more. So I'm going to take Cook with my pick. Yeah, I don't have a major problem with that. Basically, at, at this point, all the tight ends, it's kind of just like pick your guy, I guess. Like the, the difference between tight end 7 and tight end 15 is or tight end 16 is almost nothing for me. So basically just... It's all about preference at this point. If you like Cook, go for it. Personally, I'm a little off of him just because he's getting older, and I'm predicting a little bit of regression for the Saints offense, but he's still a talented player on a pretty consolidated offense, so I have no problem with him. Yep. All right, it's up to you, Will. Okay, so since your pick, we have... Tevin Coleman, Anthony Miller, Daryl Henderson Jr., and Chase Edmonds. And wow, I'm, Chase Edmonds. I'm really... There's one guy here, I'm not going to say who it is, that you really like, but I want him. But I think you're going to take him. We'll see what happens. Well, there's Alexander Madison, who I like. Um, but I have a lot of backup running backs and like kind of sleepers already, so I'm not, I don't really want to go there. Um, at receiver, there's Nicole Hardman, who I love, and you know I love. No, darn. Uh, and although I'm not sure I'm going to take him, I need I only have three receivers, so he's a guy that I'm definitely looking at. If I was going to go running back, I'd probably go with Tony Pollard, who I believe is the best handcuff behind Latavius Murray, or Boston Scott maybe. But I need a receiver in this range. If I wasn't going to go Hardman, I would go with, I guess, Sterling Shepard or Justin Jefferson. Maybe Jalen Rager, but for me, it's Mikkel Hardman all the way. Yeah, I'm mad you took him because he was definitely going to be my pick. We both really like his upside. Um, I know last year, I think you and I shared him. I mean, we were playing in different leagues, but we played him the same week where he got like 30-odd points, and then the next week he got negative .3 or something because he got one touch yeah. and fumbled it. It's yeah. tough. I don't think it's going to be the same volatile season for Mikkel Hardman. I think we'll see a little bit more consistency because I think he'll be the two in that offense. But I really like that pick, Will. Yeah, it's dangerous to project too much from him just because Watkins is still there. I think they still have Demarcus Robinson, although he might be a free agent now. Uh, but, Robinson? I think they re-signed Demarcus Robinson. Okay, but Hardman, his his touches are high value. If, I don't know, maybe if, like, on my team, if McLaurin got hurt, if Will Fuller was hurt, would I have a problem slotting in Hardman for a week or two? I don't think so. Um, yeah, I mean, you have range. Hardman and Fuller. We are in a three wide receiver league. Usually, uh, we'll be with a flex, so you'll have one of those guys at your flex. Um, but I think with those two guys, you can pick and play. And usually, it might not. It might be difficult to project, but you'll usually get a big game out of one of them. Yeah, and it's like, um, he's he's just a very good player. Yeah, and I kind of just predict that talent's gonna win out. Watkins is still good, and Watkins is probably number two in the offense. But I don't know. I I love Hardman. I love, like the way he improved throughout his rookie season. Watching the game film, it's just he is a player that I love. And if he isn't what I think he is, I can cut him after week one and not feel bad about it. So just a high upside pick for me there. Yeah. Now we're on the clock, clock again. again. Whew. I want to go receiver again here. I'm not going to pick a tight end to my last pick because I'm almost positive that uh, Hawkinson or Noah Fant or Gasicki is going to be there or all three. So I kind of want to go 
receiver again. And I actually want to go with Alan Lazard here. Just Ooh, because. God, you're taking my guys, Will. He, like, on these rankings on we're drafting on Fantasy Bros, he's pretty low down there. But yeah. Funch has opted out. And just watching Lazard last year, Rodgers trusted him. And he's a big guy. He's like 6'4", fast. He has all the physical tools. He kind of reminds me of DJ Chark of the Jaguars. Yeah. It's a good and comparison. If he's in that if he's in that solid number two role in Green Bay, there's a lot of upside with Lazard. And I don't really see many people challenging him for targets. So he's a guy that I love. I'm gonna take him here. That's a great pick. Again, you took both my guys. I don't know if they would have made I think Lazard would have made it back to me. So that's yeah, frustrating. Would've. But I'm also gonna take wide receiver. I have four running backs i like all four of them camara jacobs Gurley, and ronald jones the second and then i have four wide receivers lockett gallup brown and slayton i think that having wide receiver depth with those guys who might not be as consistent as will's guys with galladay on a week-to-week basis it is better to have depth that position you have guys like jalen rager available and i think that's where i'm gonna go we saw marquis goodwin opt out and there's just not a lot of targets, uh, a lot of good targets in Philadelphia. But they have our Sega or our Thega Whiteside, Ertz, Goddard. They invested a first round pick on Rager. He was their guy. We have heard mm-hmm. talks that he's not going to play right away. But I don't need him to play right away. If he gets in week five yeah. and he starts blowing up, I'm going to really like that. So I'm going to take take Jalen Rager with his pick. Yeah, the notion that like receivers can't perform in their rookie year was kind of shattered this past year with all these amazing rookie receivers. Maybe it's an anomaly, but this receiver class was one of the best in recent memory. And if Rager was being drafted last year, he probably would have gone in the first round last year too in that awesome class. So he's someone I love as a talent. He has tremendous burst where gets like zero to 60 real quick. And uh, it's just like... Carson Wentz throwing in the ball. He's a great quarterback. He should be a starter. I don't care what the reports say. That team has no depth or like just no real top receivers. They have Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, who can't see on the field. They like they spent a first round pick on Rager. They're trying to contend for a title now. They're going to put him on the field and he's going to be good. The question is just how many targets is he going to get? The floor is low, like astronomically low. The ceiling is very high, but that's exactly what you want at this point in the draft, so I think it's a great pick. Yeah, and like I said earlier, it's my pick again. Um, I talked about the tight end uh, like method that I like to use, plug and play, and mm-hmm. this late in the draft, having the running back depth and wide receiver depth that I have, I think I'm going to take another tight end double up and just hope one of these guys performs well. My next favorite guy is Noah Fant. Um, I have a, yeah. a lot of high hopes for Fant. I think that there's a lot of targets to go around in that op- that offense. He looked very good towards the end of the year. And Locke and Fant seem to have a connection. So I'm going to take Fant here with my pick. Yeah, I love that. People are scared off of Fant, it seems like, just because there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. But for a tight end, especially at this point in the draft, a guy that's not Kittle or Kelsey they're not really volume dependent. You just want to get a guy on a good offense and that offense should be loaded. And if Fant ends up getting red zone targets, he could be a top five guy this year. So tremendous pick for you. Yeah. So then we had Alshon Jeffrey. who's going to start the year on the pup list. Go Boston Scott, Daniel Jones, and Tony Pollard. And Will, these are going to be your last two picks as we're not going to draft a defense and a kicker. Um, so make sure that you make the best of these two picks before we're done. Yeah. So I'm going to end here. I think in like a, a regular league, guys like Hayden Hurst and Austin Hooper would not be on the board. So I don't feel, I feel kind of guilty about going for those guys. My next guy, I believe, is Hawkinson, who was a first. He was like the eighth overall pick last year. Yeah, and he didn't sh- like blow up as a rookie, which rookie tight ends never do, and. He had that amazing week one performance against the Cardinals' horrible defense against tight ends, and then kind of just sputtered ever since then. So the expectations were set way too high, but now I think everyone's way too low on him, and I think he's a tremendous talent. I think people seem to forget how good he is. He's fast. He's a good blocker. He's going to be on the field every single snap. They spent a first-round pick on him, and 
he has a chance to blow up this year if he's good as if he's as good as I think he is. So I'm gonna go with him here. Yeah, you, they spent a first round pick on him. You spent a twelfth round pick on him, and then <laughs> it's your pick. It's your last pick of the draft. Um, Damian Harris, a guy you ha- and I have been talking about lately, went uh, right after you, and then Cam Newton. Do you want to talk about Damian Harris real quick? Because I know you wanted to take him with your last pick um, when we were talking earlier. Yeah, I was hoping he would come around to me. He didn't, unfortunately. But he is a player that I think is tremendously talented. And Sony Michel is a, like he's a decent player. I don't think he's that good. And Harris, I think, is good enough to win that job outright. I haven't seen him play since he was at Alabama, so it's just like who knows what he is right now. But he's explosive, he's fast, he's agile, he's quick. He was a third-round pick by the Patriots a couple of years ago. And if he, if Michelle goes down, I think Harris is the guy who gets all the carries. James White was never getting carries. He's always been the pass catcher. So if Harris ends up getting that job via injury or winning it outright, he could have a lot of value. The upside is capped just because White is so prevalent in the passing game. But at this point in the draft... If you're getting a starting running back, that's tremendous. And I think he's a solid chance to be that. Yeah. So why don't you take your last pick, finish it off for yourself. All right. So I have my quarterback in Wentz. I have running backs in Barkley, Edwards Hilaire, Jonathan Taylor, Kareem Hunt, J.K. Dobbins, who I all feel I feel good about all of them. Uh, my receivers, I have Galladay, McLaurin, Fuller, and Hardman and Lazard. I don't feel too great about my receiver depth just because I'm not sure if I'd feel good about starting Hardman or Lazard if one of my top three got hurt. So maybe I'll try to pick a safer guy here. Looking at the guys who are available, Justin Jefferson is also a rookie, so not safe. Um, But he seems to have that number two job Minnesota on lock. No one else really screams safety at the receiver position at this point in the draft. Unfortunately... So I think I'm going to lock in Justin Jefferson and I'm not going to feel too good about my receiver depth. Yeah, just a note, uh, just a note on uh, Justin Jefferson. He was also placed on the uh, COVID-19 list. I don't think that affects the draft because we're drafting right now on July 29th. Um, So the pick shouldn't affect or this pick should not be affected by that because the COVID-19 list, if the player has COVID-19, they've tested positive, they'll be put on the list for two to three weeks and then return to practice. If they've just been exposed, they'll be put on the list for two to three days until they get testing back. So that's what we're doing with the COVID-19 list. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to go with. If I didn't pick him, I would look at maybe another running back. And for me, I think my next guy is actually Anthony McFarland of the Steelers just because he's a rookie and he was the fastest out of all the rookie running backs at the combine, I believe, or maybe second fastest behind Taylor. I'm not sure which one was faster, but he is a blazer. And if something happens to James Conner, I think McFarland could be in line for that job, but I need receiver depth and Justin Jefferson is a talented player. So that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, it's a good pick. So um, this will be my last pick of the draft before we're done. Brashad Perryman went, Renfro, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Hayden Hurst. Um, I like my running back depth a lot, and my wide receiver depth is okay. I have Slayton and Rager on the bench with Lockett, Gallup, and Marquise Brown. So I might want to look wide receiver. Um, There's Curtis Samuel, Nikhil Harry, Michael Pittman Jr., guys that, again, I don't feel safe with but could have some upside if things broke the right way. Um, but again, I feel like I could just pick one of those guys up if I wanted to. So I think I'm going to take a guy that I like and want to have on my roster in case uh, the things go exactly the way they could for him. Antonio Gibson for the Washington football team. Yes, the Washington football team. You heard it right. Yes. Um, is going to be my pick. I've talked about him a tiny bit. Uh, their running uh, back room is very murky with guys, Peterson, McKissick, Barber, I believe. But... Gibson is very good. I don't know if you've watched his tape in college. He's a speedster and can make people miss in um, open field. I believe Geis gets the first crack at this, but I think the football team will use a um, like a workhorse running back. I don't expect them to go to com- go committee, even though they have five backs. And if Gibson wins that job, I want to have him on my team before it, people rush to the waiver wires to pick him up. So I'm going to take Gibson to finish off my team. Yeah, I think it's an okay pick. Personally, I'm 
not really in love with Gibson just because what kind of upside really is there in the Washington backfield, even if you get uh, the starting role. So I think if a lot of your guys got hurt and you had to start whoever the Washington uh, starting running back is, you wouldn't feel bad about it. But it's never a situation where I would feel great about starting a Washington running back. True. But not a bad pick. Just a little coach speak on Antonio Gibson. Ron Rivera said <laughs> that he reminds him of Christian McCaffrey. So I'm just putting that out there that I might have just drafted <laughs> already, Christian McCaffrey in the 13th round. But You heard it here first. Antonio Gibson is Christian McCaffrey. Perfect. So I just drafted Antonio Gibson in the 13th round to end off our draft. And I'm going to go through the teams before we end this uh, episode. So my team is Matthew Stafford at quarterback, Alvin Kamara, Josh Jacobs, Todd Gurley, Ronald Jones, and Antonio Gibson are my running backs. Tyler Lockett, Michael Gallup, Marquise Brown, Darius Slayton, Jalen Rager, my wide receivers, and Jared Cook and Noah Fant are my tight ends. And Will, can you name your team before we end the episode? I have Carson Wentz uh, as my quarterback. I feel great about that. At running backs, I have Saquon Barkley and Edward Slayer as my clear Two guys you that I feel great so about lucky every with single that. week. They're, I can't believe that. <laughs> they're, they're, I think they're both matchup proof, so that feels good. And then I have Taylor and Kareem Hunt as my two other starting running backs where I could kind of interchange them based on matchups. And then at some point, I think Taylor is going to be the guy. And then I have Dobbins as kind of a upside play, but not anyone I really want to start until he proves it. And then for receivers, I have Galladay and McLaurin as my two guys that I feel like are matchup proof for the most part, uh, barring a matchup with Stephon Gilmore or a corner like that. And then I don't feel great about my wide receivers after that. Will Fuller is someone who, when he plays, should be good for me, but it's iffy. And then I don't know if I ever want to start Hardman or Jefferson or Lazard consistently. So a little bit concerning with the receiver depth. I like my top two guys, but if I were to change anything about my team, that's what I would change. And then I have Hawkinson as my tight end, just a streamer, a guy like I target as someone who should be who has upside and could just be a touchdown monster. Who knows? So that's my team. Well, that was really fun. We're going to be doing some mock drafts in the future, and starting next week, we're going to be doing our ranking shows, starting with the tight ends. But thank you for listening. Remember, we post every Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific time. We have some good news for you guys, as we will be expanding to the YouTube, starting, I just called it the YouTube, starting next (laughs) week on the Semi-Pro Podcast Network. Yeah, you guys should subscribe to that. It'll be up soon. You can also find a link to listen on semipromedia.com. We just bought a .com. It's really nice. Also, follow us on Instagram at SemiProMedia. We've got a lot of good things going on over there. I hope you enjoyed and see you next week. Will and I are going to go adjust our rankings for Damian Williams Damian Williams opting out. But yeah, bye.